Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast on the internet that has the science and the screaming to figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. You're hearing my voice first, which means, once again, little bad boy Greg, little fucking uh, pirate patch wearing, just tattooed up, spray painting everything. Greg is in the penalty box once again, and I have to take over, and we're going to have to take a week off. Oh, shit. Greg. Sorry, everybody. Okay, Greg, I'm going to say say it, don't spray it, which means just say it and don't spray graffiti on the walls, all of your words. Sorry. Now it says sorry on the walls. It's, yeah, it's weird that all of Greg's graffiti, his tag is just sorry. Like he's apologizing sorry. while he's vandalizing. <laughs> and he, he puts it underneath like really beautiful murals. Yeah. He then sprays sorry all over it. And then everybody's like, ooh, that's a Greg. That's a good Greg. Sorry. What's your favorite mural of his, Mike? Describe it for us. It uh, has to be the tiger hidden in the foliage chasing a deer, and it just says, sorry, underneath it. <laughs> that's my that's sorry 27, mm-hmm. and that is so much better than sorry number 36, which gets all of the... Like that, that was on the yeah. cover of Entertainment Weekly. The real fucking like, howdy doodats, I wish I was in the know, like sorry 36. <laughs> uh, Greg, it's time and mike is here as well mike it's time greg it's time uh to talk about franchises Woo, franchises now when i say franchise but do i have to define every word of the title yeah it's it's so there's like a conglomerate but you can own a little piece so when you go into a subway you don't you're not mad at corporate subway you're mad at that owner Uh you're mad at jerry and fucking poughkeepsie that they would be awesome if, like, a small fee. If, like Subway, we could pay a small fee for Spider Man and just make a Spider Man movie and yeah. have people come and see it. Yeah, th- this is just pop filter Spider Man. Don't confuse it with other Spider Man. I feel like ninety one f- uh, has fewer franchises. Uh, I'm gonna ask this question to Greg, and then Mike, you and I will take our headphones off, and we will walk away for about twelve minutes. Ninety one, Greg, uh, is sometimes called the start of the franchise. And what movie made that happen? Because of Terminator 2, T2, Judgment Day. Walk, 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 walk. <laughs> Was that a big movie back then? It, it, for me, yes. A very big movie. I think a big movie for the culture. I mean, we were all prepared to see Terminator 2. And yeah, I mean, it, it certainly did the franchise thing, which it like it took a movie that was kind of like small in a lot of ways. Terminator is kind of actually small in scope. It's like one woman's struggle against a robo-oppressor. Uh, but T2 <laughs> broadens that out to like a complete like uh, conflict through time and space. And still in a little bit of ways, in a, in a couple of ways, much like Evil Dead 2, is just a big budget remake. Yeah, I mean, it honestly, it's like if you only interfaced with Terminator 2. Like if you started at Terminator 2. Yeah, kind yeah. of because it... It it, it it does that thing where it copies the structure of the first movie really closely. Sometimes in an homage, but then other times in like a, no, you're just making it over again. We crushed it the first time, so now we're just going to deal with more money. I think there are very few franchises, actually, that you do have to watch the other movies. I mean, like, what is one in the history of time where maybe Godfather Part Two isn't as great if you didn't see mm. Terminator, the first Terminator. <laughs> I think if you're watching Casino Royale, you're like, who is this James Bond character? What is, does he like it shaken or stirred? What is England? I don't get this. These letters aren't right. Daniel Craig, which one is his last name? Because those are both first names. Is I'm confused. Daniel, comma, Craig. This is Craig Daniels. Ew, I don't think those movies would be as big if his name was Craig Daniels. That's this is about name. the... Th- 
so this is where uh, sequels start to like start to pop off, and I think Hollywood realizes in the early '90s that IP is the king. Nowhere to the point where it is now, where we don't give a shit about actors and actresses anymore. Yeah, right. We just care about IP. But like, this is the way to get your movie greenlit: is to say we have a sequel coming. But as we go through these franchises, guys, they're in bad shape. They were in bad shape then, and they're in worse shape now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you guys some franchises. We're going to talk about what that meant to 91, where they were then, where are they now, and can the three of us, as like highly paid podcasters slash Hollywood consultants mm-hmm. slash... Hunks. Ev- ev- slash hunks. Yeah. That's, I'm so, I almost left hunk. Oh, no, yeah, gotta... I just wanted to make sure I jumped in there. It's, it's, uh, it's so sad for the listeners that they cannot see our rippling biceps and how triceps. How we are, yeah. yeah. We do a lot of work to be hunky for just our voices. Sometimes, because we all sit very close to each other for some reason. Super close. And for some reason, uh, one of us will flex, and that will knock the other two off our mm-hmm. chairs. For some reason, one of us might not flex. I mean, most of the time, we're flexing. Yeah. Flexing. What is... I mean, it's weirder for us to not be flexing, right? Yeah. They would. I'd feel uncomfortable. I have and to be flexing to you, keep my edge. You got to release the flex slowly so the glistening sweat on your arms doesn't fly onto the other guy's face. Yeah. Mike, this is not a point awarded show. We will be awarding no points. But the first franchise we are diving into after the break is Terminator. Are you ready to go up against or even with Greg? I am ready. (laughs) Terminator was what? 84? Low budget, like almost basically straight to video movie. Uh, And then James Cameron had some hits and they were like, hey, man, here's $100 million. Here is state of the art. CGI equipment, essentially a magic wand. Point this wand at things, and they'll look like metal, but liquid, but metal, but I don't understand. And Terminator Two became one of the biggest movies of the year and our lives. Yes, yeah. And I think we've brought up multiple times throughout the season that most of us didn't know that there was a term. Like we saw that two in the title, but didn't know or care. That's because oh, robots that and computers have numbers, right? Yeah, that must have something to do with Judgment Day. They'll explain it. I'll just show up and they'll tell me everything I need to know while I'm in the movie. Now, the, here's my question with this. Like, Terminator 2 is Judgment Day. the absolute stratospheric high of mm-hmm. this franchise. So, like... Uh, okay, but somebody hasn't seen Terminator Genesis. Somebody hasn't seen Terminator Genesis, but, like... It's all three of us. We, uh... Like, there's... Are we taking over... Like, are we going to fix it from this point forward? Because, like, it does not need to be fixed after 2. But no. basically, every single thing so, they did from that point well, forward. We so, have the IP right now. We we in, own the IP. In the real world, we, we live in. We live in. Yes, I mean, I'm not fucking with you. Like, <laughs> I'm not fucking. I, we own the OP IP. It's in this folder. Um, what are we going to do with this now? Because we know that this was once the biggest thing on wheels, and it's crazy how much it has dwindled. I got I, something, Mike. Let me inter- let me interrupt you right there, Mike. I got something. <laughs> I'll, can I just like say a seed of a movie for us to focus on? I think Terminator, our Terminator in the future, has to be more like the Judge Dread remake just a couple of years ago. Dread, in that that big, is not big box office failure. That is not, but a great <laughs> fucking movie. So just call this one shoot. Term. Just uh, cut it short. Let me tell you what I think that movie did really, really well. It did not tell you exactly how the judge system works. It did not pretend mm. that it was going to show you the entire 
world. So wait, Linda Hamilton never came in and explained everything through no, voiceover? She did not. It was the story of one building, basically. One, you know, uh, uh, huge structure. And one judge's interaction with it over one day. And I right. think that we could maybe grab onto that because they have told the story of the human robot war over and over and over again. And then matrix came in and told it a few times more. <laughs> like we don't need the whole overarching story anymore. No, I mean, this is pretty good because even, uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man is like, everyone knows. Everyone yeah. knows uncle Ben. Like, let's just move on. And I, I think another key is, uh, hire somebody charismatic because the post Eddie Furlong, John Connors, uh, yes. rise of the machines had some doofus that never did anything else. I'm sorry. As of this recording, we have not yet watched and done Terminator 2. Are you you're saying that Eddie Furlong is a good John Connor? I think good, yes. I'm saying he John is Connor. he is the best John Connor we've ever seen because can, uh Christian Bale sucked in Salvation. Uh, good for you. Good for <laughs> you. It, it's they they overcomplicate it. They forget that the second one made it scary. There's still a lot of horror and tension there. And then they're like, what, what if it's a giant robot war? Fuck, that's not what we're here for. You know what I think they should do? I think what, what we should do, excuse me, we should do, is uh, like the, obviously both the humans and the robots go back to prune the timeline. Yeah. But they're always making a play in the movies. They're always making a play for John Connor or Mom Connor. I think what they need to do, what we need to do with our movie going from the future is... Is Dan Connor. Somebody who- minor... Not a Connor at all, but somebody who is like minorly important to something mm. in the struggle. And so then we don't have to deal with the overarching struggle anymore. It's just the story of one scientist who the robots are trying to kill, or even better, the humans are trying to kill so that the robots can't capture and learn right, something. can't exist but, or something. Yeah. I don't want to say this shit for every franchise that we're in control of. And I think we're in control of 13 after tonight. But I think what Greg is saying, because of like the side characterness of it, this is this is going to HBO Max, right? Like this is this is a show, and I know even Terminator has even done the show before. Mm-hmm. Sarah Connor Chronicles was supposed to be this crazy hit because look at the license that they got, and it was not. Oh it, my gosh, I forgot about that show. It absolutely was not a hit at all. Um, but I, I'm still thinking that somebody uh, like in the purview, in the in the side view of the Terminator world, like the scientist, should get an HBO Max show. I don't think I'm going to return to movie theaters with Terminator. No, that's so sad. You know, they've I, I burnt think, us and also for 20 years. <laughs> we can't like James Cameron is should be in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. Like his involvement in stuff makes things great and I know he's fun to hate on and I know like it's fun to think about that point where he said I'm the king of the world when he won the Oscar. Yes. But his involvement is key to every franchise that he's in and when he's not there, they fucking suck. That's why Titanic 2 was so bad. You so you're thinking bring bring on bring the cams back. Well, he produced the last one, the last one, and that had uh, Mackenzie Davis. Uh huh. And, and and I was excited about that one, but then it also seemed like it sucked. And Linda Hamilton. And yeah, it flopped. Maybe just nobody cares anymore. Maybe uh, you know what I think part of the problem is if you think of what of some of the really iconic scenes in T two, it was so much gun fucking. So much of it was just like. Guns are the raddest things yeah. there ever were. And I just don't think it's as popular to just watch somebody firing a minigun from like the third story of an office building as it used to be. Because well, what about now John Wick? Hmm, that's gun that's food, a good, So that's maybe a they good, need to do some choreography. Add a little foo to it? Add the foo. 
Yeah. You know what the problem is too? When for Terminator Two, they thought of the perfect second robot, and ever uh, since then, they we have been yeah, chasing been that chasing fucking that high. Se- yeah, exactly. And either they honestly, the thing to do might be to just say there is no new type of robot because right. we've only failed to deliver on that. It's like an electricity robot. No, not fun. So maybe instead. That's why I'm thinking the lo-fi roots of this go back to it's just two it's two Arnold Schwarzeneggers and they're going against each other. Oh shit! They even did that. Remember they did the CGI young Arnold Schwarzenegger in one of them. All right, I don't want to suggest this for every franchise, but I think this is the (laughs) one where it's just halfway through the trailer. It feels like Terminator Seven or whatever we're at right now, and then somebody's like some character actor like David Strathairn is like, and we have no way to stop him. Like we just, there's just no way. And then it cuts to Vin Diesel, and he's like, "The only way to stop him is family." Dude, <laughs> okay, you know I am a big proponent of your idea to put the fast people into every single movie, but this is definitely a good example of a time where that would work. And I don't think you water down any properties, right? Because it's yeah. like, who gives a shit? We've found out, I think, just by talking about this, that nobody gives a shit about Terminator anymore. And Fast and Furious, it's not that nobody gives a shit, but it's like they're free to do whatever yeah, they they're want. Yeah, they're, they're allowed to do whatever they want. And Vin knows the only robot's weakness is cars. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> just that group of people, just uh, Dom and Letty, trying to figure out how to drive cars in such a way that destroys a Terminator. I was weirdly going to pitch something that is almost exactly the same as that, which is I think that this should link up with another failing franchise, which is Alien. Predator or Aliens? Yeah. Predator yeah, so, I would let this be. I, I wouldn't bring Predator in yet. I would let this be the bridge. I would just just do Terminators v Aliens, and just go with that. But I do think it needs some sort of injection like that. Something mm. kind of stunty, you know, something like where I don't think there's anything except for really brave, bold reimaginings like this that are going to come in and save. Or also Channing Tatum and uh, Jonah Hill. 21 Jump Street. Get 21 Jump Street, Terminator versus Aliens. The bad Terminator is Paul Rudd. <laughs> he just looks younger and younger as the movie goes on. <laughs> let's, uh, let's skip genres. And I don't know if this should have been included because I don't know the definition of franchise, but I think this works. Hey, uh, what's his name? Sir Anthony Hopkins was not the first person to play Hannibal Lecter on film. Oh, yeah. It was actually Brian Cox who said in throughout his entire Hannibal Lecter movie, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, son of a bitch, Get fuck me. off. Give me Roman. Roman, fuck off. Romulus. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like this was, we were starting to see a thing, and then eventually Anthony Hopkins would play Hannibal Lecter multiple times. Probably, uh, probably better. There was other ones. I think Jude Law played him once. Is that true? There was a bunch of prequels and sequels, and sometimes Jonathan Demme was involved, sometimes he wasn't. Mads Mikkelsen played him in that show. And then there was a TV show. Mm. So maybe we don't have to fix it. Maybe the TV show is the perfect way to lead off or leave off. But But like what do people want at a Terminator? Like what are we doing here, I wonder? You you want to add Terminator to Hannibal? Is that what you're saying, Greg? And Terminator and Alien. But not Predator. Do we think that the TV show is fine for Hannibal Lecter and we can move on? It's supposed to be phenomenal. Yeah, didn't everybody love it a lot? I it, was never interested. It is really good. But I feel like everybody got so you into it. You know why it. you weren't interested in it? Because it's on NBC. Do you know how hard it is to talk people of our age into watching a show on NBC? Like, uh, no, come on. I think in part also it's because I, I read all those books. And by the time I got done with the, the book Hannibal, 
I was like, I'm uncomfortable with how much I like this serial killer character. Well, I <laughs> so then I don't think I want to pursue that anymore. That's the key. What, what Silence did so well is Jodie Foster is the star. It should be about Clarice. And yeah. he he's Steve Urkel his way through the rest of the franchise. Oh, Honestly, the- there's another show, uh, another recent show called Clarice. Right. So, man, this franchise has been torn apart. And the the book Hannibal is weirdly also about Clarice too, but she's not the main character, but she's in there. It's weird. Okay, let's move on. What if Hannibal hosts a kids show? Oh my gosh! What would, cooking, how, a, how would that go? A cooking show for kids. You know what I was thinking the other day that um, back in like eighties, the eighties and nineties. The phrase, I think it would go a little something like this, was the most important phrase to stand-up <laughs> comedy. And I don't think it's been said in an act in like 20 years. It's only been said by people who so, it might go a little something like this. And then you don't have to say it because everybody just imagines. <laughs> the best thing to do is to say it to other people and then watch them freeze. <laughs> just like if somebody pitches a premise, just say, and it might go a little something like this. And, and then look at them very expectedly. They just they shut down. Um, the next one I want to go to Mike, is Star Trek Six about whales? It might be about whales, the country. Have we ever figured it out? I think four is whales. First of all, what is the state of the franchise right now? Bad. Well, right. No, it's right all, now, it's doing really well on TV. It's very diffuse. It's one of these franchises where they decided that the thing to do was like make canonize it, make like, yeah, and make a ton of properties based on it, including they're doing the DC thing, including the like. We're gonna have a cartoon that rips on the property uh-huh. that is like indoor is like officially one of the properties. Is Lower it as decks. good as Harley Quinn? I don't think it's bad. I haven't seen it to be honest because I'm not gonna do another. I can't like I'm I'm not to be like an old man, but I'm not gonna do another one of these streaming services. Uh-huh. Uh, and so even though they have all of the Star Treks and they're clearly trying to make people pay for the streaming service based on the fact that they're right. gonna give you like eight Star Treks, but it's just too much. But yeah, because there's currently Picard discovery and lower decks and i think there's other ones coming it's they've always done better on tv and is this equal to lower decks like upper decks where everybody in the future poops into the top part of the toilet that's actually what gets their engines to warp speed oh that's how you go into space that's is that you... the most disgusting thing you can do to somebody <laughs> that's really like i think that's so vile and hilarious if, at the same time you know what there's no tool to fix it so they're using their hand to <laughs> you got to you, you do that. get one of those like um, uh, fish feeders. Yeah, or like... one of like the fish nets, <laughs> stockings. If you do that and think you're still going to be in that person's life, you got another thing coming. <laughs> oh no, that's that's the Irish goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> instead yeah. of saying I don't want to be friends anymore, you upper deck it. It's Star Trek style. It's poop in, peace out. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, does the world give a shit? Does the world want a big thing? So J.J. Abrams series is over ish right yeah and simon Pegg sort of took over but that's all thing i think that's all gone quentin Tarantino continues to say that he has a star trek movie in the chambers i don't know if anybody wants that is that like an elaborate prank on yeah i, I think it's I just he said is. it once as a joke and he's like all right they ran with it but you know what after reading quentin tarantino's novelization of his own movie uh-huh. uh that star trek movie has to be like a parody slash recreation of the tv show that he fell in love with right with william shatner a lot of I like, don't think... the camera shaking and the actors pretending to fall over right uh-huh. i don't think anybody wants that we have galaxy quest a actually good movie which is amazing i i think that part of the problem with all the star trek 
rehashes, including these old movies, is they're like, the original crew, anytime Star Trek does well, it's here's a new crew that's obviously in the same world. They build up this giant universe. I don't need a new version of Kirk and Co. Just have a new crew and do cool shit with it. Discovery had some cool new crew members, but ultimately... That was the (laughs) breakdancer. Ultimately, it's a TV show-ass TV show, and I just think that like the grind of making so many different episodes wore on Discovery over time. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, It's been a long time before Chris Pine's... Like, between the last Star Trek movie and Chris Pine's Star Trek, right? Uh Yeah. And so we had Chris Pine and J.J. Abrams. Big deal. Who would direct now after, like, let's say that's done. Who is it now? Is it Waititi? Denis Villeneuve. Really? Yeah, I think, or Taika Waititi is a good one, too. He's going to do the the in-call, the Jodorowsky. People are freaking out about that. Yeah, well, because, you know, it's a it's a big vision that people have fallen in love with and is is Dune adjacent, obviously. Uh-huh. And Waititi finally just, I think officially said i'm never i'm not gonna make akira because they're not gonna let me do it the way i want to they're not gonna let me cast an asian guy as the as the lead so i'm not gonna do it but uh so like that it's kind of i think taking some of the energy of that along with it but i i not to i'm gonna pitch this this one time and then not keep doing it i think what star trek needs to do is they need to rediscover the next generation feeling Mm -hmm. and that i think jj abrams reinvigorated the franchise but I also think he made it that they they wanted it to be too much of an action franchise. Right. Even even like Discovery, even Picard is still too much of an action franchise. Tell me the story of one ship out on, on the the outreaches of space, sort of on its own, not directly in the chain of command. And don't try to give me an entire universe. Try right. to give me one ship. And the thing that freaks me out about Star Trek people is that they're like, we love Kirk. It has to be Kirk. Except for all these other captains that have been introduced that we loved. You can't introduce us to a new captain because we only love Kirk or all of these new captains that you have also introduced us to. So I don't know where to go. Whole new crew, baby. Yeah, I think they need a, a whole new crew. Don't you dare close your eyes. Because <laughs> we're going to take a break. And when we come back, more franchises. And we're back. I got a franchise for you guys that has been rebooted recently. But I have Greg here. My smart, knowledgeable person who makes good things, and Mike, who likes horror. <laughs> Where do we go with Nightmare on Elm Street? So this is uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, which was, of course, a lie. When you put final in the name of your movie, then you trick people into thinking mm. that it's the last one, but it never is. How do we reboot this really great idea of somebody who comes to attack you in everyone's safe zone, your dream? I, I think it could be so the, the one this one sucked and the next one was Wes Craven coming back and it was his proto scream where it was the movie in the movie and then Freddy came out of it. The problem with the reboot was it was they're like, what if Freddy was really dark and it was Jackie Earl Haley? I'm fine that it wasn't Robert England. He's getting older, right? You want to get somebody new. Except that Freddy doesn't like run. So you why not have you need Freddy to be sexy. Freddy Freddy should be sexy, but what yeah. if it was uh, old Freddy killing new Freddy. Freddy oh! v. Freddy. Colon Freddy got fingered by Freddy. <laughs> I love that idea. Some Freddy on Freddy action. Well, you know, I think this might honestly be like a nobody gives a fuck. I, I think that people are remembering a, a certain feeling of uh-huh. 80s horror that doesn't actually isn't like what the movies are actually like and isn't 
like accessible anymore. For one thing, I don't think you want Freddy to be that dark, but right. I don't think you can make it that horrific without it being that dark. I so. mean, the Freddy in my mind is roughly the pun spinner of the Crypt Keeper. Like, right. he, he's just a dumb-ass joker who likes terrible, terrible jokes. Okay, how about this? Oh. <laughs> how, about, how about we rip something off and we have Freddy's trying to push through the veil of dreams to come into the real world. And what does he do? He appears on the back of somebody's head. And Freddy is like <laughs> pushing into the real world. Can he throw a chair across the room? He, dude, he can throw a chair <laughs> as far as we need him to, and do that weird little scurry. Fred Lignant. Fred Lignant. All right, we're going into speed round, guys. Do we need to reboot the Naked Gun, or are we good? Or like, are we just we're done good. with that style we're, of comedy? We're done. Okay. Uh, American Tale Three. Is this Fievel goes on a private plane to January sixth? <laughs> we, I, I think it's reboot it, and Fievel is uh, on the current border during a COVID crisis, and make people fucking care. So the way to get to these people' hearts to make them to th- we need them to stop listening to Joe Rogan and start listening to Fievel. Yeah, I do like the, out there. I like the idea of the reboot of like he's a, it's a Mexican family or or a yeah. South American family trying trying to come up. And he can't find his... Because he's always searching for his family, right? So they were ripped away by people who call themselves heroes at the border. (laughs) All right. Uh, Highlander 2 was the quickening in 91. Then there was a 3. And then there was a TV show. And then there was a TV show. With Lorenzo Lamas. Now, guys, we have the IP, and we do not have to put Lorenzo Lamas in it. Why? Come on. We should, though. We could. But I do think that he's a big Trump supporter. Here, here's uh, what I mind. want for this, and I know this isn't easy to do, but I think it's a pitch we could we could maybe make work. I think this needs the like Gorman B movie treatment, but like the Death Race 2000 or um, like something campy and uh-huh. fun because Highlander is really really ridiculous. Like right. there's no way to not capture the story in a ridiculous fashion. But if you could like get really fun swordplay in it, and like do you, do you want like a scene at the same time? That is fun swordplay. <laughs> do you want like a sidekick like Cat Dennings there to be like swords? Oh, we're doing swords now. No, I think I don't want <laughs> that. Maybe maybe one franchise without the Marvel banter would be fun. <laughs> without the Bruce banter, but no, I, I I'm down, Greg, with you as long as they don't look at the camera and say like, "Isn't this weird?" And then sort of like meta it, like we're doing this on purpose. Just get someone who was fucked up in the head right. to make something very weird. Or the other way to do it is go Dune on it and take it, make it take itself super seriously. So what is ridiculous about it is kind of highlighted by the fact that it treats itself very seriously can we do david lynch's highlander david lynch's jodorowsky's dune (laughs) starring highlander as highlander save all of that save all those directors because you might want to use them for this one (laughs) our final one we haven't had a problem child movie and so problem child 2 came out in 91 and it was not a success right even though mike loved it and rented it five times well, it had, a, it had a ginger sidekick, which even young Mike knew was sort of his thing. No, that kid was the star. The girl was the new one. Oh, right. Don't come to step when we're talking about problem children. I won't I, come to step. Here's how we reboot this one, because I don't think people care about kids and their hijinks anymore. Uh, you kind of give it a we need to talk about Kevin vibe. The problem child uh. shot up his school, and John <laughs> Ritter has to handle that. 
But his nuts are hanging out of his shorts. That's it for Franchise Rehab. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike and Greg. Uh, you guys have done a wonderful job. I'm so excited to do many things this season, including what? Terminator 2, Thelma and Louise. So good. Silence of the Lambs. Bye. Bye.